Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message through the KPEL app chat if you want to be part of the conversation here on the show. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet Cadillac. Find new roads with Service Chevrolet. They are our 5 o'clock sponsors. Thrilled to have them on board. Go check them out at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey in Lafayette. Now, Going to focus on some national stories today. There's some some things I want to talk about, but I, I want to start with a piece from Bloomberg. There is a bit of reporting from Bloomberg on just how bad the cost of living uh, increases have been for Americans. And I, I, I wish I could read the whole thing for you, but I, I, I am against that. I did that too much yesterday. Uh, I don't want to do that again, but I, I want to read a bit for you because it's, it's really important to understand the magnitude of what's going on right now. And this kind of continues some conversations from yesterday. It now requires $119.27 to buy the same goods and services a family could afford with $100 before the pandemic. Since early 2020, prices have risen about as much as they had in the full 10 years preceding the health emergency. It's hard to find an area of household budget that's been spared. Groceries are up 25% since January 2020. Same with electricity. Used car prices have climbed 35%, auto insurance 33%, and rents roughly 20%. Those figures help explain why Americans continue to register strong dissatisfaction with the economy. Consumers' daily routines have largely returned to their pre-pandemic normal, but the cost of living has not. The government data reports... uh, that show easing inflation are cold comfort because they simply indicate prices are growing at a slower pace, not that they are returning to early 2020 levels. At the same time, housing affordability is at its worst on record. Auto loan rates have soared and borrowing with a credit card has never been so expensive. Also mentioned in this report that you need to know is that wage growth from 2020 is at 20%, but when considering inflation, real wage growth is only 0.6%. There's been story after story, news clip after news clip, TV anchor after TV anchor, all saying the same thing. The economy is going great. Why are Americans so upset about it? Why do Americans still worry about the economy? And I've mentioned it to you several times, and I I know that you guys feel it because unlike those folks, the people who Instacart, the people who uh, the people who have folks who go do their grocery shopping for them, the people in the media who don't have to go through a lot of those things, they have people for that the upper class elites of the Democratic Party. They don't sit there. They don't go through budgets. They don't sit at the family table. They don't budget. They don't try to figure out what costs what and when and if we can afford this right now, if we've got to hold off, all that. 
they don't sit around and worry about that. But most Americans are having to have those conversations with themselves, with their partner, with their kids. Sorry, kids, we can't go do A because we've still got to pay off B. It's whatever. There's always something there. Another, I forget the numbers, another report I saw showed that credit card, the average credit card debt is the highest it's ever been. In the thousands, people are keeping thousands upon thousands of credit card debt. And it's only getting worse. Short-term loan apps are being used to finance things that people want, just basic necessities. I read the report uh, several weeks back about how people were using these short-term loan apps to pay for their groceries for the week because grocery prices had been so much more expensive. Now, if reporters had gone and talked to Americans or if reporters had paid attention to their own outlets' polls, Americans would have told them gas, groceries, rent, utilities, everything was more expensive. Every major news outlet, every major news outlet reporter dismissed it. We don't understand how that's the case. More jobs are being created. Inflation's going down. What more do you want? It's what they kept saying to Americans. They kept preaching at Americans. You should be grateful for what Joe Biden has done for you. And the American public isn't buying it. And the Democrats suspect that Americans aren't buying it. They're trying to go with it. They, they went with the whole Bidenomics thing. They thought if, if Joe Biden would just accept it, if they would just look at it, if they would just look at the numbers, they would just look at the things that we were reporting, everything would be peachy. But Americans aren't buying it. They now associate Bidenomics with a negative. That was a dumb move by the Biden administration, by the Biden campaign team. And it's a given. It's it's the, the tell in this, I should say. The tell that the Democrats know this isn't working is that Joe Biden's about to start rolling out advertising. He's His campaign... Uh, the PACs, everybody like that, they are going to start rolling out campaign messaging. They're going to start running ads on TV and radio. And their message isn't about the economy. Their message is about race. The implication is that Joe Biden's done such great things for black Americans. That's the tell. They're trying to talk about all the good things that they've done for black Americans, but they're not going to mention the economy. Because if anybody is feeling how rough the economy is, it is going to be a lot of black Americans in inner cities that are struggling in socioeconomic conditions that were already not favorable to them. So they're trying to message without mentioning the economy. And this is going to start rolling out. 
It's going to start rolling out. It's going to start trickling out across the media. You're going to start hearing Biden campaign ads. Start seeing them on TV. Talk about all the great things that on his on his first day in office, he signed a, a racial equality executive order. And just great things have happened for black America since then. But the one thing that Joe Biden cannot say is that the economy's worked for black Americans. He can't. He cannot say that because there's no evidence of it. Again, wage growth has has gone up. There's been wage growth in the U.S., but when you account for inflation and account for all these things, it's gone up less than a percent from 2020. In three years, it's gone up less than a percent. And this isn't from some conservative outlet. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg leans as left as many of them. But they've put out this piece of reporting that shows just how bad the inflation problem is for the average American and why cost of living has gone up so much and why Americans are so troubled by it. And now that this reporting's out, this is what's so silly about it. There are other reporters out there who are starting to say, well, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like They're pretending they never at any point said that the economy is doing great. They will memory hold the fact they said the economy was doing great. That they were cheering on the economy. They will memory hold that. And they say, oh, absolutely, the whole time we knew cost of living was a big problem for the average American. Democrats have to fix it. They will pretend like they were objective the whole time. And that goes back to what I was saying yesterday. We don't have a free press because the free press is, the supposedly free press, is actively rooting for one side and working against and openly attacking another side. And it's not just Republican, Democrat. It's pro-Hamas, anti-Israel. Republican, it's Democrat, it's pro-Democrat, anti-Republican. It's pro-trans, anti-straight. That's what it is for them. They have chosen a side. The supposedly objective media has chosen a side. And because they have done that, they have ruined their credibility for most Americans. I'm pretty sure most Americans would prefer a root canal over, any, over listening to most of the American media. Americans are sick of it. They are sick of the clickbaity, whiny, non-objective reporting out there. And the problem is the reporters still don't get it. I'm not sure they ever will get it. All right, let's take a break. 232-1542 is the number, or you can use the app, the KPL News app, to send a chat in. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message through the KPL app chat like several folks have done because they want to be part of the conversation during your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Acadiana's number one Chevy dealer. Nine years in a row. I am talking, of course, about service Chevrolet Cadillac. You got to stop by and see what all they have to offer. They get tons of new cars and used cars on the lot all the time. So you need to go check that out. 
Go check them out online if you can't make it. I know it's late. I know it's dark. You might want to get home. It's a little chilly outside. Go ahead and check them out online, servicegm.com. So much available for you there. Aside from just the cars on the lot, new and used, they've got parts and service right there. If you need some assistance, Body Shop, Collision Center, they've got Fine Line Custom Auto. They've got the wash right there. Take advantage of all that when you become a customer at Service Chevrolet Cadillac, located at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey. Their family serving your family for the last 50 years. Find new roads with Service Chevrolet here in Lafayette. Just want to give a shout out. A lot of y'all listening. Uh, Billy in Church Point, according to the fake news he hears, Biden fixed Trump's messed up economy and we're in the best shape of our lives and the border's secure. The White House says that all the time. It's not true. The border's not secure. The economy is not really all that great. Inflation's still kicking our butts. It's not a good thing. Rob in Youngsville pointing out the national delinquency rate for mortgages climbed to 3.29% in September, which is up 12 basis points from August and 13 from September of last year. The worst is yet to come, folks. The worst is yet to come on this. And then Mary listening points out as well that not only do we have all of these other things, but remember in the post-pandemic era, student loan repayments have started, rent has started, all these other payments that were being held off by the government are now starting again. People are getting hit harder, and the inflation crisis is not helping. So we're at the point where a lot of Americans are struggling. The Biden administration has been out there saying, everything's great, everything's wonderful, we've created all these jobs, inflation's gone way, way down because of our policies. And yet, Americans don't feel that way. Americans don't feel like things are better. Americans don't feel like they're being saved right now by the Biden administration. And they're looking at alternatives, and not just from the Republicans, but within the Democratic Party. Even Democrats are looking for alternatives. Let's talk about the electoral politics when we come back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet here in Lafayette. Go check him out, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey. If you want to be part of the conversation, by the way, you can call in 232-1542 or use the KPEL app chat. If you go to your app store, download the KPEL News app, and you'll be able to. There's a little text message looking icon in the upper right corner. Tap that. Uh, if you're opening up during the show, it should automatically be on my show at the top. But if not, you'll see like where it's supposed a show name or whatever. Just tap I mean, it may say general, it may say something, but just tap that and find my name and you'll be able to send a message right to the show. The the message I was reading before, that's where those messages came in from. Uh, I want to talk about electoral politics, presidential electoral politics real quick. We've had some some updates on the Republican side today. Americans for Prosperity, a very good activist organization, uh, part of the Koch network, so you do need to know that. Um, Americans for Prosperity endorsed Nikki Haley for president. The endorsement itself isn't as much news. People are attacking, oh, it's AFP, it's the establishment, it's the Cokes, whatever they want to attack it. That's not nearly as important as what it means financially. They have $70 million in the bank. They've already started an ad campaign. They're going to be rolling out ads, rolling out uh, uh, mail pieces, things like that in the various primary states for Nikki Haley. 
I've read y'all's messages on the app when I've talked about her. I've talked about the debates, talked about Nikki Haley. I know that a lot of y'all listening are not Nikki Haley fans. I'm not really a fan of the uh, of of some of the positions Nikki Haley has taken in recent months, um, especially in recent weeks with the whole we got to get rid of online anonymity. But AFP and Nikki Haley, um, they're they're kind of a, a match made in heaven. Now, now AFP kind of stayed out the last two races. The the Coke Network not really a fan of Donald Trump. Um, but they've got $70 million they want to throw behind Nikki Haley. And this is as we're getting within a couple months of, uh, of the, uh, the Iowa caucuses, the New Hampshire primaries, the South Carolina primaries. Uh, these first several states are very, very important for that race. The DeSantis campaign came out uh, and they've attacked AFP as the establishment, the Koch brothers, the Neo, whatever, all that stuff. They've attacked AFP for that. Uh, it's worth noting that they sent out a press release this morning after the news came out congratulating Donald Trump on getting the endorsement. And it was either a mistake, it was pre-written, or it's kind of a jab at Nikki Haley saying, you're only running so you could be vice president for Donald Trump. A lot of people have this idea that Nikki Haley is running for vice president. I don't know if she is or not. Um, I think she has a lot of good ideas. Some of her ideas are really terrible lately, but she has a lot of good ideas. I think she's right on several things. But, uh, I mean, among the things she's right on is her absolute hatred of Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, he needs to be jettisoned into the sun, metaphorically speaking, but he needs to be jettisoned into the sun. Uh, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley are still vying for second place. Donald Trump is way ahead of them. Uh, the strategies right now, I've kind of talked about it a little bit. Uh, Donald Trump's strategy is to uh, just kind of ride his popularity among the Republican base. He's still getting good numbers. He's still way into the double digits above either of those two. They're kind of vying for second place. The, uh, the rest of the, the field, not really going to kind of Vivek Ramaswamy does not have a chance. Uh, Christie, uh, Chris Christie does not have a chance. The other also rands who I barely remember Larry Elder, I think is still one of them. Maybe kind of, uh, no chance in hell. Um, it's Donald Trump's race to lose. Of course, there are outside factors like the indictments uh, and some other pending issues before the courts. We'll see how that goes. Now, on the Democratic side, this is what's kind of interesting. So later on this week, Sean Hannity is going to be hosting the debate between Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. A true left versus right debate. It'll be very interesting to watch. Both sides are kind of raising their eyebrows at this. The Democrats, you should know, are really panicking about this. The Democrats are not happy. They see Gavin Newsom as running this very not-so-shadow campaign for president. It looks like Gavin Newsom is trying to position himself if Joe Biden decides he is too old or, God forbid, something happens— that Gavin Newsom will be able to step in. There are behind the scenes, and I've heard this from several people, there are uh, concerns behind the scenes among Democratic strategists that Gavin Newsom ain't it. Gavin Newsom is actually going to be bad for the Democratic Party, and this is why. Gavin Newsom is full-on leftist. 
He is a rich, white, perfectly coiffed hair, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And California has seen probably the most out-migration of any state. People are actively leaving California because of how left he's taken it. He believes in fully embracing progressivism in ways the Biden administration is not openly doing, but kind of really doing. The Democrats, the strategists on the left, know full well that going full left is a bad idea because you scare away the moderates. And right now, the Democrats have to hold the moderates because they are betting on the moderates rejecting Donald Trump again. But I will also tell you behind the scenes of the other name that's popped up. A female name has popped up as a potential replacement for Joe Biden. And it's not Kamala Harris. And it's not Michelle Obama. The name that keeps popping up, the name I've heard several times, I've heard several people talking about, is Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan. Whitmer is of the left. She is progressive. She was on the short list for vice president under Joe Biden. But a lot of Democrats see Gretchen Whitmer as a better option for the Democrats should Joe Biden have to bow out. They want to go with Gretchen Whitmer. Now, why? One woman. They're still expecting Donald Trump to be the nominee, and they want to go after the old. Uh, they're 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 very. Uh, they want to go back to the, the the old throwback of Donald Trump is a sexist, misogynist. He's a pig. That sort of thing. They want to have that dynamic between uh, Donald Trump and Gretchen Whitmer. So if Donald Trump attacks Gretchen Whitmer. Um, and he is want to attack people for their looks as much as anything. They can call it a, race, a, a sexist, misogynist attack, and they will run with that and, they, that, and the media will run with that. You know they will run with that. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. They want the Donald Trump versus a woman dynamic and a woman that doesn't have the baggage that Hillary Clinton had, frankly. The other thing that they're looking for is a Democratic governor whose state has turned from purple to blue. And Michigan has actually been fairly purple. Its Republican Party has absolutely collapsed. They have no money. They have no leadership. They have no sense about them. The Michigan Republican Party is all but failing. They've had some really good candidates and some candidates that have come really close. But the state has drifted more and more to the left. Now, what's the one thing that would prevent that would keep Michigan from going full on progressive the working class working class voters blue collar workers the auto industry workers see i know i've mentioned this several times but i'm going to keep mentioning it because it's very relevant in 2016 donald trump and hillary clinton split union households which was unheard of that was the biggest shock of the night to people paying attention to the exit polling and people who actually pointed it out. Ben Dominich, who I think is editor-at-large for uh, uh, The Spectator, um, he, he's done several media appearances. I was on a podcast with him at one point, and he said he was in the green room at CBS, and he was looking at the exit polling, the stuff that was embargoed. Uh, from election night 2016, and he's looking at the union household thing. He's like, none of y'all are paying attention to this. Y'all should be paying attention to this. And that 
and he was telling us about this on the podcast, that was kind of his first clue that 2016 wasn't go, going to go the way that a lot of people expected it would go. Union blue-collar workers did not like Hillary Clinton because they saw her, among other things, as an extension of the Obama era, which saw the absolute devastation of at-home manufacturing. And so union households rejected Hillary Clinton more than they had any other Democrat previously. There's also this story, I don't know if it's true or not, it's reported to be true, that Bill Clinton was trying to tell the Hillary Clinton campaign they needed to go to the Rust Belt, they needed to go and win back auto workers, they needed to go back and and, and win the unions, and they just ignored them. They were focusing on the big cities. They were going to get young voters to turn out, and look what happened. They lost the Rust Belt in ways no Democrat had before. Bill Clinton was right on that. Bill Clinton has a much better uh, rapport with his base than Hillary Clinton ever did. So they want Gretchen Whitmer because somebody who is from the Rust Belt, somebody who could be part of that union uh, community, somebody that would keep union voters on the Democrat side. And the fact that, frankly, they really liked her handling of COVID-19. Now, we all hated it, and most of Michigan hated it. But the Democrats, the people in charge, love the way she used her power then. They want something, somebody tough like that. So that's what they want to go with. They want to go with somebody who is a, a, a woman who can keep the unions on the Democrat side. And then they're going to run ad campaigns to try to win back black voters. I don't know if any of that strategy actually works for the Democrats, but we shall see. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up the show here in just a moment. When we come back. It's the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Y'all stick around. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. Um, somebody committed an act of violence on social media, and I need you to be aware of it. Uh, his name's, uh, this person's name is John Penniman. He is a history professor. His area of focus appears to be Christianity in the late antiquity. And now that I've told you all of that, you think you may know where this is going, but I promise you, you don't. His tweet, I will never recover from this student email. The email, good afternoon, Professor Penniman. I hope you had a great break. I was wondering if it would be acceptable to use sources from the late 1900s for our final paper. I found an interesting paper from 1994. Is there a cutoff date of publication? See you tomorrow. Would it be acceptable to use sources from the late 1900s for our final paper? You know, my 11-year-old mentioned to my wife and I that we were raised in the late 1900s, and I haven't known a whole lot of peace since. I don't appreciate that level of verbal violence from my kid, and I don't appreciate it from this student that emailed this professor. As far as I'm concerned, the 1990s, lawless though they were, I mean, it was a time period that gave us uh, green and purple ketchup. Still wondering how they got away with that, this criminal behavior. The lawless wasteland that was 1990 and, be, and up, 
between 1990 and 1999, that lawless wasteland, that was only 10 years ago in my mind. In fact, the 90s were 10 years ago and the 2000s were 10 years ago and everything else was just a few years ago. And then COVID was like a billion years unto itself, but we don't talk about that nearly as much. But the point is, I don't appreciate the 1990s, which I grew up in. I was born in 88. I grew up through the 90s. I don't appreciate that being called the late 1900s, and this habit that's formed needs to stop. This is ridiculous. I don't approve. And I personally, if I were this professor, I would have automatically failed that student for bringing such verbal violence out. It's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get worked up over that. The 1900s weren't that long ago, y'all. I, I, there's a, a comedian named Tim Wilson who liked to make these references to younger members of his of the crowd whenever he was performing. And he always say, do you remember such and such? you remember this artist? you remember this, this band or whatever? And the guy would say, no, it was before my time. And inevitably, Tim Wilson would say to them, hell, sir, Abraham Lincoln was before my time, but I read a book. That's kind of what I feel when somebody refers to the late 1900s, like 1994. Even if that is a, new, a whole other century ago, you, you can treat it with more respect than that. Anyway, all right, that's it. That rant's done. I'm sorry. You guys come back tomorrow in 23 hours. We'll find something else to talk about. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, or email Joe at RedState.com. The podcast is going live in a matter of minutes, so be sure you check it out. If you missed any part of today's show or any previous show, I'm going to be back in 23 hours. Got a lot of fun planned for you this week. A lot of news that we're just hoping breaks. We'll have more. You guys have a great day. Stick around because Mark Levin's next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.